We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome to another groovy episode of the S4 Podcast. I am one of your hosts, the cuddly, handsome monster, and joining me, sometimes known as Professor Monkey for a Head, Danger. Say hello, Danger. I, uh, I'll i take Professor Monkey for a Head because uh, I, I liked Professor Monkey for a Head. But yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Was Also joining us this <laughs> evening, hold on, also joining us this evening is sometimes known as Queen Slug for a Butt, Sarge. How are you, Sarge? That's fine. I'm good. Then you're enjoying my drink. Yeah, with your half and half, which is weird, but okay. I almost said I wanted to be Queen Slug for a butt, but I had a feeling. I had a feeling you you were going to pull that one out. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything from Mojo Jojo over there. (laughs) For the six of you that are picking up on these jokes, tonight we are discussing E is for Earthworm Jim. Now, Earthworm Jim is a classic 90s video game for the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo that just, it fell right into that sweet spot for me. It has that Ren and Stimpy aesthetic with that Animaniacs kind of humor. Danger Sarge, do either one of you have any memories of playing the Earthworm Jim games? Absolutely, Sarge. You go first because I have to gush. (laughs) You have to gush? (laughs) I have so, to yes, I did. There Earthworm is medication Jim. for that. Mm, yes. And I played Earthworm Jim, and it's like you had to turn the TV to channel three. You had to hit the the, the decoder from A to B. That way it synced up to the, uh, the Sega Genesis we had because we didn't have a Super Nintendo at first. And then we got to play Earthworm Jim. Greatest game ever. I had uh, the first one. I never played the second one, um, and I don't think I would have had time to play the second one because I played the first one so damn much on my Sega Genesis. I played the hell out of that game. And then just when I was starting to kind of like, you know, go on the downslope of not playing it so much, I discovered a code (laughs) that put me into God mode and allowed me to go anywhere in the game and do anything. And that just fueled me even more. I I played it all the time and I loved the game. I I loved it. I watched so much of that damn cartoon. Can't tell you really much of the cartoon because I remember more of the video game than the cartoon. But the uh, water level, underwater levels in games. Oh, um, we'll get there. Oh, we'll I'm get sure we there. will. But the uh, uh, that water game, that water level infuriated me like any other water level in a game. And uh, it was every bump and crack, and it was like <laughs> the thing that you were in just did not move the way that you wanted. Oh. And then there was a part of that game that that water level embodied that I did not fully appreciate until I was an adult. And it was that you could have, you know, just the hardest damn thing that was just full of silliness the whole way with a very small payoff at the very end. (laughs) And it was worth it. (laughs) The earthworm gym series is known for a whole lot of buildup and a very little Mm -hmm. payoff. And that's just part of its charm. And to your point, before I did the research, I, I picked the topic because I loved Earthworm Jim. And I remember playing both Earthworm Jim 1 and 2. And I, I had seen a little bit of the show. And I was a big fan of the game. So I was like, yeah, this will be a fun topic. And I thought I was like you. I was like, yeah, I played the first game a whole lot. And I think I played the second game a little bit. What I realized in the research is I played 1 and 2 a whole lot specifically the first two or three levels because those games got hard yep uh those uh those games were what we referred to in the past and what continued even though i played on sega it was nintendo hard i mean exactly those games were ridiculously hard but they were so entertaining that you just sunk your time into it over and over and over and over. i mean i'm I'm going back at least 25 years when i'm thinking about this because that's how long it's been since i played earthworm mm-hmm. jim you know, yep. and I remember the game being like super hard, didn't want to play it after you played the first few levels. But then when the Game Shark came out for like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, I slapped the slapped the Game Shark on that bad boy and go to town. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. But I don't remember too much of it. I mean, I remember being able to crawl around out of the spacesuit as a worm when you needed to. <laughs> I don't we know if it was when you there. needed to or if that was just one level, but I remember that, was, that as well. Yeah. I don't remember the specifics, but yeah. Um, so yeah, we will get to all of that uh, okay. because I will, I, was, I will save it. <laughs> I was having so much fun revisiting all of these levels and stuff that I actually, for the first two games, I actually have a level description for each level because it's so funny and ridiculous. So, mm -hmm. so we'll get into the history here. So Earthworm Jim was a series of games that were popular in the 90s and it got its own television series and a toy line and comic books like they all do. Yep. Can you guess who published the comic books? Marvel? I'll give, yep, Marvel Absurd, yeah. just like the Beavis and Butthead comic books. Mm -hmm. Essentially, the title character was an earthworm who wears a super suit that fell from the sky and uses it to battle the forces of evil. If you grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, the aesthetic of this game has a very distinct vibe. A lot of entertainment from this era had that I don't want to call it edgy because it's when I think of like edgy, I think of a little more modern stuff, but it had kind of that Shrek humor. Like it's PG, but just there's a little something else under the surface there. Yeah. And so when I was a kid and I would play the game and my dad would watch, I didn't understand why he was laughing at certain things, why he was, you know, chuckling. As an adult, I fully get it. And it is 100% what you're talking about, that as a kid, you love it, you can play the hell out of it, and then as an adult, you can still love it and still play the hell out of it. And it does not do what we have talked about in the past, where things live better in nostalgia, because they no. get a second life as an adult. Yes, no, this is one of those things that holds up. This is the kind of video game that it the art style and the play style are kind of timeless. And you can play this game right now. And there's some HD remakes that have come out in the past few yep. years that you can, I'm pretty sure you can still download and look yeah. great and play great. I downloaded one. I haven't played it yet. It's good. It's it's good. So the first game was released in October of 1994 for the Sega Genesis originally, and then it was ported to the Super Nintendo. The next year, they had a sequel, Earthworm Jim 2. It came out in 1995. And then did you guys know there is a third one that came out in 1999? Mm -hmm. uh, Earthworm Jim 3D, I believe. It was exclusive to the N64. Yep. And now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm sorry up front because I have had a passing interest in keeping up with with Earthworm Jim or Dirtbug James, however you want to say it. But yeah, uh, for years, and so I do know a bit more about this topic than I probably should going into this conversation. But uh, yeah, I I could never really get enough Earthworm Jim. So yeah, that's awesome. Good, good. So you can fill in some blanks here. There was a developer by the name of David Perry, and he had worked on several popular Sega Genesis titles. He worked on Terminator for Sega CD, RoboCop versus Terminator, Mick and Mac as the Global Gladiators, Cool Spot, and Jungle Book and Aladdin. Now, oh, Cool Spot. I was, yes, Cool Spot was so much better than it had any right to be. A Absolutely. stupid ass seven up tie in game, but it was fun as hell. <laughs> yeah. Now, it is a game that should have, uh, on the surface, probably been included with uh, Burger King Kids Meal. Uh, like, Sarge, the, did you the... ever play Cool Spot? I did. And, it, and I played a game way before that. When Domino's got with yes, Nintendo, the Noid. and they had the Avoid yes. the Noid game that yes. came out on Nintendo, right? on Nintendo, yes. your weapon yeah. was a yo-yo. Mm -hmm. Yes, God, yep. I love that game. I, I have just decided, just realized there is this certain section of games <laughs> that were so specific to one thing, like one certain like flash in time, and I want to go back and have them all. <laughs> So did you Play know McDonald's all. about five or six years ago, McDonald's tried to bring that back where if you bought a Happy Meal, you scanned the QR code with a tablet or a phone and it, and it took you to the McDonald's like game page where you could play like the McDonald's racing game where you like played as Grimace or the Hamburglar or oh, whatever, that's right? Cool. That's cute. I like that. Because a lot of kids were like, 
This is stupid. <laughs> oh, those kids don't know what, how bad it could have been, oh, but how man. great it was. <laughs> so David Perry decided he wanted to start his own company. And instead of working on all these other IPs, he wanted to create his own. So he started a company called Shiny Entertainment in October mm -hmm. of 1993. Now, shiny. yes, Shiny made a lot of cool games. Do you know where the name came from? No, actually, I don't. He got it because he liked the song Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. Okay, cool. <laughs> so Perry cool. signed a contract with Playmates Interactive Entertainment to distribute the game. And the first game he made was Earthworm Jim. One of the biggest reasons for the game's popularity was from its animation style. Um, that was due in large part to a guy by the name of Doug Tinnenpole. Mm -hmm. I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, I don't think you are, but... Okay, he's the one who basically created the look and design of Jim. Kind of just sketched this earthworm dude, showed mm -hmm. it to, to David Perry, and David was like, that's great, let's do it. And that was really like the first idea is what they ran with. Um, I do want to go back and fill in a little, little tidbit of trivia. Sure. So Playmates Toys... Do you know what Playmates Toys' first big outing was? They were a struggling toy company. Do you know what actually put them over the top into actually becoming a, a fighting force? Sex toys. No, Ninja Turtles. The Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they were the first ones. I didn't want to contract. be the guy to say it, Sarge. I didn't want to be the guy, so thank you for saying it because, um, yeah, with the name like Playmates, it crossed my mind too. Yeah. Okay, I mean, don't so thank me. We, thank, the, thank the three old fashions I've had before this drink. <laughs> so we are talking Earthworm Jim, and I just tried to bring in Ninja Turtles with Playmate toys, and you bring in sex toys, and I just moved right past it because we're talking Earthworm Jim, and I brought up Ninja Turtles, and you're ruining my childhood. Oh. <sighs> Look, oh. if this is what ruined your childhood like 50 years ago, that's not my fault. No, no, that's, that's your fair. childhood. Your childhood was about 50 years ago. It's, it's true. It's You're true. the only one here who's played Earthworm Jim as a grown man. Good for you. <laughs> How was it playing Earthworm Jim after you shaved? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I had to put the kids to bed. Oh, God <laughs> almighty. So anyway, so the 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 vibe of Earthworm Jim, and, and I saw uh, analysis of this, and I, I thought it was really funny because I hadn't thought about it before. But story-wise, it's essentially Super Mario Brothers, but with a 90s aesthetic so you traverse through several different themed levels with crazy enemies and ridiculous environments to rescue a princess now do you remember the princess's name um oh i don't remember the princess's <laughs> name and i think maybe that's because the princess didn't really have a name you are you are close enough sir it was princess what's her name right there we go. Um, the, I the do main... remember the whole thing about her at the end, though. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. I know. So, I know. I don't want to ruin that one. <laughs> so the main villain of the game is Psycho, and he's basically almost the exact same thing as Jim. Jim is an earthworm yep. in a super suit. Psycho is a crow in a big space suit. Um, yep. You have two main weapons. You have your gun that shoots. It's kind of like a machine gun, real fast shooting. And you can jerk your worm head out of the suit and use it as a whip. Um, and you can use it as a grapple as mm -hmm. well. I mean, yes. um, that never made sense to me as an adult. As a kid, <laughs> I went, okay, we're good. Let's go. Now, the, the, the firearm mechanics of Earthworm Jim was reminiscent of like old school Contra. Yep. Yes, yes. Yep. Which <laughs> is crazy because if you actually look, there is an ammo. You have a limited amount of ammo. I've never, I've never gotten to the point where I ran out of ammo, but never got too far in either game, apparently. So let me, so let me run down the levels and a brief description of the levels in the first game. And if anything jumps out at you that you want to share, please do. But for any of our younger listeners who have never played this game, just imagine Use your brain to imagine the wackiest version of what I'm telling you, and that's what this game looks like. So level one was called New Junk City, and you traverse through a landfill full of just gross stuff everywhere. There were cows, weren't there? Okay, so as you're going through, you come to this ledge where there's a cow, and a prompt comes up on the screen that says, launch the cow. Now, you can't progress unless you do this, so you 
whip your body out of your super suit and the cow shoots off into the sky. It does come back later and we will get to it in a minute. So as you're going through this, there's a, uh, one of the mini bosses you have to fight, uh, is just a trash can shooting trash at you. And then I think the final boss is a fat guy that burps whole fish at you. Um, more or less. Now, in between every single level, you have this little space race with Psycho on your little spaceships. Mm-hmm. Because at the, end of, at the end of every level, Earthworm Jim sticks his hand in his pocket and pulls out a giant rocket known as his pocket rocket. So we'll just... Sarge, maybe you were onto something mm-hmm. earlier, okay? I usually am. <laughs> level two, what the heck? You're in hell. It's literally hell. It's just rocks and fire everywhere. And your two bad guys that you fight throughout the level are demons and lawyers. (laughs) Sounds appropriate. And the big bad guy at the end, a snowman. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Level three is down the tubes. Now, you're underwater running through these weird little tube things, and you're fighting these floating heart brain things that just like contract and ooze i don't even know what they are and then these giant hamsters will run out and try to bite you mm-hmm. and then there's also this big ass cat carrying a little fish bowl that will punch you mm-hmm. it's not that hard until you get to the next section which is where you get into a little submarine thing and you have to navigate through the water without bumping into anything because okay. the whole surrounding are these like spiky things. And I think it's like three bumps or something and your mm-hmm. submarine will shatter and you're dead. I remember please, being more than please. three. I remember being more than three bumps. I don't remember how many specifically, but I remember hitting that wall, uh, the walls a lot more. And I don't remember spiky things. I could be completely off base. I think it was just coral or whatever that you had to navigate around, but it was like, you had these little like jets on both sides of yep. your glass sphere. And those were your controls for the entire thing. And physics were not really a thing. Oh, it handled level. so well, terribly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were still like, like that, like the old school hitbox, mm. which was, which was really great. Earthworm Jim, because the hitbox on both earthworm Jim himself, villains and everything else that you had to contend with, especially the submarine. Like you could like, I'm not going to hit it. I'm not going to hit it. You don't even really come close to it, but then it registers as a hit anyways. I am. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's it like just... the clown car in Mario, because when you bump up against something, it would like kind of shoot you back a little bit. Yeah. And then as you're oh, yeah. trying to get your yeah, bearings, off. you slam into the wall again. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the, the whole thing being glass is like every time it registered a hit, you just see a little crack. And so yep. this is why I think it was more than three hits, but again, could be completely wrong, but it's like, you could just see your doom like cracking in on you the whole time. It caused so much, like if a child could have high blood pressure. And I did. if all of that wasn't bad enough, it's timed. Oh yeah. You have oh, yeah. a limited no. amount of time to complete it. Now, however, yeah. do you remember the final boss of this level? You knock a fishball off a table. <laughs> You get to this goldfish in a bowl and he's literally like Jim reaches in, takes him out and throws him. And it's like over. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember knocking off the table, but yeah, um, exactly. It's like this like stressful thing that just builds this entire time. And then you finally like reach that dock and you dock. And then like you go running through this long tube. And just as Sarge said, you get to it and it's like, and see, it's done. And then but you know what? and off to a race. Off to a space but race. I, I honestly think they, they did that on purpose. I think they oh, yeah. knew that oh, after yeah. a level like that, if you had to have a legitimate boss fight, you would be ready to break the controller. Like oh, yeah. there's a there's a difference between a fun challenge and frustration. And I will say for the most part, the Earthworm Gym series stays in the fun challenge level. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was a little young trying to play these games. So I think like if I went back and tried it now, I'd be in better shape and, and whatever. But I'm going to strongly disagree with you because I have gone back and revisited games that I, as a kid, actually did pretty good with. As an adult, 
I no, it doesn't <laughs> go well. It's like your brain changes like how a game should operate. And True. Suddenly, suddenly Mega Man is the most challenging game in the world. That's true. I, I, I think I stand corrected. I think you are correct on that. At least that's been my experience. Your experience may be entirely different. You may sit down and play Earthworm Jim and rock it the entire way through. Pocket rock it the entire way through. Pocket rock <laughs> the entire thing, yeah. The next so, level... Oh, go on, ahead, go but, ahead. But Before we talk about the levels, right? a lot of the levels from a lot of these games are rinse and repeat from other games. It's like it was the status quo so to speak of the game world at that time like for example you're sitting there telling me about these earthworm gym levels and, I, and it reminds me of a level off of like lemmings or a level off of like conquer's bad fur day when you're playing the actual old school conquer's or even the old school leisure suit leary okay i hadn't played the other two but i know that one but, but yeah. some of those <laughs> games but some of those games came after earthworm gym and were yeah, actually see, borrowing from jim's sense of humor yeah exactly he's not wrong that era like 92 to 96 there was a lot of that kind of stuff mm -hmm. i and actually like, think like mario that, how many water worlds was in mario 3 like an entire level yeah like an entire world was water yep. and it was infuriating but now the uh the water world that you were just talking about that actually was something that earthworm jim did that i hadn't seen another game before that do and that's that it's a side scroller that makes you go left and then down and right and up and left and right. And I like it, it actually kind of meanders and weaves on through and go back and play it, Sarge, because that look you just gave me told me that you don't know what I'm talking about. Earth, Earth, but, no, it Jim's. reminds me of, it, it reminds me of uh, super Mario two. Super Mario two was the weirdest Mario ever. Doki Doki yeah. panic. That's that's for another day. We'll get there yeah. another day. Yeah. Now, I will yeah. say Earthworm Jim never turned into a where the hell am I going kind of game, but mm -hmm. there were secrets to be found. If you did navigate oh, yeah. the level a little extra, you could find power-ups and stuff. So after the water level, uh, level four is called Snot a Problem. Um, oh, most yeah. of the level is just spent bungee jumping with boogers. Mm -hmm. That's yep. the whole level. Um, yep. infuriating level, if you don't yes. know what to do, you just spin the whole time. Like it, it reminded me of the battle toads level where you yes. go down the well, yeah, oh, and, and, and you got to kick the animals and turn oh, them to like God, so hard. Battle toads may have been the hardest game of all Nintendo history. Oh, it's brutal. I brutal. think, I think the hardest level in Nintendo history is the Ninja Turtles NES game where you're Damn. in the sewers. No, you're oh. into sewers. Oh, yeah. That is that mm -hmm. is some nonsense. See, the sewers I never found challenging. It was playing anything after the dam because I was so low on health at that point. Yeah. I was, you know, yeah. But. Uh, so level five, it's just a big laboratory. Um, but the final boss is Professor Monkey for a head, who's pretty cool. Now, number level six for Pete's sake. Up until this point, we haven't talked about uh, Pete the Puppy, but Pete the Puppy is Earthworm Jim's sidekick, and he's this like purple, pink kind of dog guy. And seems so, fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. he seems totally chill. And in this level, you have to escort him through this this level, and he's real bouncy and lighthearted and stuff. He's real cute, and you have to protect him. <laughs> However, if he gets hurt, he will <laughs> Hulk out. Yes. turns huge puts you in his mouth and jumps backwards and takes you back through the stage mm -hmm. it's so funny because when you see him next to jim he's like half the size and he kind of like his arms are kind of gangly and his ears are flopping around and he's super cute and throughout the level you like shoot and whip to kind of like it, it'll make him duck and get out of the way of stuff flying around but if he gets hit too many times, he will whoop your ass. And it's oh, yeah. it's very funny. You're right. Like Pete the puppy. He's a cute, cuddly, funny little thing. He actually kind of reminds me of uh, Courage, the dog. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Right, yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, everything's fine. And then you get, you know, carried in his mouth back in, in the game. And this is something I appreciate about the game is, you had the water level that was extremely stressful and god-awful. And then you have the immediate uh, killing of the fish. Everything's fine. 
pocket rocket race and then bungee jump and you know everything seems fine and then you go into another super high stress level because you keep getting knocked back so far in the level and no progression it's like the game just played with your emotions the entire time and it was awesome sarge can you do me a favor what's that can you help me manipulate the audio of danger saying pocket rocket race so we can imply that he is asking us to have a pocket rocket race. I feel no. like, I feel like it shouldn't be that hard to do. I just might I need a little it. bit of help. I can do it. I'll do it. Okay. For thank you. Okay. I'll thank do you. it for you guys against me. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Do you, do you keep that in there. Stressful? Do that. Add that too. do it okay. with you against me or whatever you just said. Sure. And the pocket rocket thing, put all that together for me. Okay. You don't even have to upload it. Just send it to me for for my own, okay, for my own purposes. Sarge, go ahead. So, so dangerous. You know what's not stressful? What? Starting your podcast on Podbean. So, if you just go to podbean.com/slash/dangerous-sarge and sign up using that code, there will get you one free month of podcasting services. Oh, That's God. dangerous, Sarge. So, podbean.com/slash/dangerous-sarge, and you're good to go. Of course, terms and conditions apply. All right, you'll thank us later. Okay, back so, to you, monster. So, audience, right there. audience, we are on episode five, and Sarge has almost—I uh, would say—perfected on how to drop that into each episode. I'm not even mad. Not mad. Like broke the stride of Earthworm Jim. Like he fell out of a suit, and you're having to crawl slowly. No, no, no. Sarge no. broke nothing. That no, was no. incredible. No, that's I'm what I'm saying. Like he didn't break that stride. <laughs> I'm just fulfilling our obligations to the company that sponsors us. Hey, don't That's say it like doing. we have to do it. We say it because we want to do it. Well, okay, we do so. want to do it. That's why we got it. Not, I want to do it. I want to do it. I mean, I nope. want to do this full time. Yeah. So last two levels of the game. Now, this is this is really funny. So level seven was in a level called intestinal distress. The whole level takes place. I forgot about this level. It takes place inside of something. It's literally you're running through like guts, the whole thing. However, this was only in the Sega Genesis version. Yep. At the time, Nintendo had this rule about blood and gore, and they said it was just too gross. They couldn't do it. However, level eight titled Buttville was just fine. Yep. Why not? Because I mean, you couldn't be in the blood and guts, but you could be leaving it. (laughs) So basically, Buttville is the water level from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the entire time. Uh, you have to nav. You're like falling, and you're using your your worm head as a propeller to kind of like glide down. But all the surfaces can hurt you. Um, yep. And then you fight a few different versions of Queen Slug for a butt. Now, once you defeat her, you're gifted with this cutscene. Jim comes running up and he sees he sees Princess What's Her Name. And right as they are about to kiss, the cow that you launched from the first level falls on top of her and squishes her and her crown flies off. Mm-hmm. Jim kind of stands there looking really sad, and then he kind of shiftly looks around. And actually, the cliff that the cow and the princess on breaks and falls into the lava underneath them Mm -hmm. and then jim kind of shifty eyed looks around and he goes and picks up the crown and like scurries off and that's the end of the first game (laughs) needless to say if you couldn't tell by these level descriptions the game was a huge success it got ported to a bunch of other consoles most notably the the super nintendo and this spawned the tv show that came out september 9th 1995 did either one of you guys watch the tv show Yep. So in 1995, full disclosure, 1996. No, my father was stationed in Izmir, Turkey. So I lived in Izmir, Turkey with my dad and my mom and everyone. So we didn't have we didn't have American television. So the only thing that got sent to us is what my grandfather would buy or rent from the video store, the VHS store. And he would burn like you duplicate the tape. Oh yeah, and then send us the dual-headed VCRs. Yes, okay. My brother, so that's how I got those. to watch a lot of my shows. 
Okay, yeah, I remember you talked about in the Adams Family episode that your grandfather would send those over too, but I, I have to ask you, you just referred to it as the VHS rental store, and mm-hmm. I don't know of the VHS Emporium, and I just... <laughs> Well, you know, I can't say Blockbuster. I can't say Family Video. I can't. I'm going say... to assume it had some other, like, less well-known name. I forget. It was like called Family Time or something like that. It was a video rental store. Bobby's like, VHS it, Corner. It was called Copier Tapes and Send Them Out. <laughs> and, and 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 honestly, it was one of those there stores was... that had the beaded curtains. I was. Damn it! I was just about to say that. I was like, I'm 100% sure there is a beaded curtain in the back with a sign that says adults only. I know for a fact. And you had to go through the horror section with, uh, as a tot, the artwork was not fun to like shut your eyes and walk through to like try to peek behind the, the beaded curtain. But They let adult, us through. Well, I'm, you grew up in Turkey. I don't so the TV <laughs> show, actually, you know what? Sark never finished his point. So, no, did, so didn't. you were you were saying that you didn't get to see like American television. So you didn't, you never really saw this show. No, we we, I, we really didn't. I'll be honest with you. So it aired on Kids WB, which is something I did watch a lot when I was around this age. I don't really remember seeing much of this. I, I might have caught a few episodes when I was a kid, but it doesn't resonate very well. WB was something that we watched a lot. You know, it was where Animaniacs came on and that could be its own episode one day. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so Animaniacs and then later Pinky and the Brain, you know, it was uh there was, there was a lot of stuff that came on there. So that was something that we actually watched a lot of in our house. And so I know, I know for a fact that I watched a lot of the Earthworm Jim cartoon, but I played so much of that first game that, I don't remember exactly what was the cartoon and what was the game. <laughs> yeah. Now I've, I watched some clips to prepare for tonight, Same. but I like genuinely remember things that I saw in the video, in the, uh, the cartoon as the game. And so I am starting to wonder how much of the game was put into the cartoon. And now I know the game was really essentially made to uh, sell toys. You know, that's the whole Playmates deal. Yeah, that. yeah, that was part of the the agreement with Playmates was basically mm-hmm. it, it wasn't enough to just make a video game. They wanted to make an IP that they could license. And it, it was sort of based around the popularity of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They were like, mm-hmm. if they can take the premise of mutated turtles that become ninjas, then let's take the story of an earthworm who gets a super suit and becomes a, a hero. Like... It sounds ridiculous on paper, but when you think about it, it it makes sense, and it totally worked. And I would have gone for the worm over the turtles if I was in in the offices and all. Like I just I would have. In retrospect, I love them both. You know, they're both a, a major part of my childhood and youth now, and adulthood. Let's just get on it. Let's just be honest. Adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm looking a, at the website okay. for Playmates Toys. And all the video games that have been made to make toys, so forth and so Nothing on. Nothing but pocket rockets. It's ridiculous. It's like Darkwing Duck, oh. Earthworm Jim. We'll get there. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. God. <laughs> God. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Turok. Ooh, yeah, that's uh, a good one. Let's see what we got here. Toxic Crusader, Tomb Raider games, Primal Rage. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. my childhood is just, oh, I love it. Ronin Warriors. Okay. Oh, my God. So, I, okay, I don't want to jump ahead in case you have stuff planned, Monster. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil the rest of the episode. Like, sorry. Not this season. No, it's no. okay. It's okay. No, no, sorry. Uh, last season, it was me who had Thunder stolen on a regular basis by <clears throat> you. <laughs> here, you're making those little videos. Okay. So, here. I am. That's a thundercloud, right? It's it's going mm-hmm. to the sky. And here I here I am. Whoop, whoop. Just pull that right out of the sky. Just steal it. Just steal that thunder. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're stealing thunder all over the place. Anyway, continue on, Zeus Thief. Okay, okay, okay. So talking about the TV show. Now, as an adult, 
this makes me want to go back and watch the show. I'm just going to give you a couple of the highlights here of some of the voice actors that were on the show. Okay. Earthworm Jim was voiced by Dan Castellaneta. And if you wow. don't know who that is, get out from under the rock you live under because your life sucks. Dan Castellaneta is most famous for The Simpsons. He's Homer, Krusty the Clown, Barty Gumble, Mayor Quimby, Groundskeeper Willie, and several more. He was also, and this was cool to me, I didn't know this one, he was Grandpa on Hey Arnold. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Well, Lottie freaking die, okay? Because I didn't. You're being real I, smug about that reaction. I just said I knew it as I was scratching my beard. I mean, I, I think that was a smug. He's whatever. also the only. He's also the only civilian that knows the nuclear codes. Did you know that, wise guy? I didn't. I didn't. Okay, well, it's not I true. Next I is I, I don't know why you're becoming hostile about this. <laughs> Next is Peter Puppy. Who was who? Uh, the same voice does the narration for the show is a guy by Jeff Bennett. Now I didn't know him by name, mm -hmm. however, he was the voice of a character of a show that I did watch like constantly. He was Johnny Bravo. Yes, oh, he was. Okay. Yes. I knew the name. I knew the name. I but loved Johnny. Bravo I recognized the name, but no, Johnny Bravo was great. All right, so Professor Monkey for a head. That was Charles Michael Adler. Now, he did Buster Bunny on Tiny Toons. Mm -hmm. He did Ed and Bev Big Head on Rocco, Rocco's Modern Life. But the one that made me swoon a little bit was he was Ickis on Ah! Real Monsters. Cool. <laughs> no, I like, will just, reach through this screen and slap no. you. Ah! Real Monsters is incredible. No, no, it was. It was. I loved Ah! Real Monsters. I have this, like, just flash in the pan kind of memory of playing Ah! Real Monsters on Sega Genesis in the line god. for the E.T. ride at Universal Studios. <laughs> oh my god. No. The show. Oh my god. It was such a good show. We. Uh, it was a great show. Next season A might be for Ah! Real Monsters because I All love right. that show. I continue. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Psycho was Jim Cummings, which yep. that name should be pretty familiar for most of us. He is the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. And but, if you want to actually go back and listen to C is for Captain Planet, Jim Cummings' name comes up in that episode. That's true. That's true. A lot of a lot of callbacks this season, ladies and I gentlemen. Know. Already, and it's professionals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's he true. was also we, Darkwing Duck in the cat on a uh, cat dog. So, um, cat dog. And one more, Snot. The character of Snot was John Cassier. Why do I know the name John Cassier? Because John Cassier is the Crypt Keeper. Okay. <laughs> okay. December 22nd, 1995, Earthworm Jim 2 was released. Now, the gameplay and the art style are similar to the first. However, every level plays a little bit differently in this one. Mm -hmm. It kind of keeps the game fresh the first time you play through it because you never really know what the next level is going to be like. It's a little bit sillier and the play styles kind of work alongside of that. Um, with that, there is an additional sidekick named Snot. It's basically this giant green booger thing that comes out of his back that allows him to swing across certain terrains that he can't really do with his head grappling hook. And there's other parts where you can actually, like, the booger will come out as, like, a parachute that you can use. I would say it was a parachute at a couple points. So I'm going to do the same thing I did with the first game and run through the levels because this is even more ridiculous than the first game. So level one is called Anything But Tangerines. Now, this is a very similar level to the first game, Run and Gun. There is this one puzzle part where you have to pick up pigs and use them as counterweights to open up a gate. But just to give you an idea of what kind of game we're playing here, when you get to the end, you end up in this section that is like an old lady's house. And you get on this chair. Do you remember those commercials for the electric chair that'll like ride you up a staircase mm -hmm. if you're too old to walk your stairs anymore? Okay, Jim sits down in one of those and he rides up as old ladies fall from the sky. And if they land on you, they whack you with their cane and you go backwards. Okay, never play a second game, but that makes me want to. That's the first level. 
I'm in. I'm in. Level two is called Lorenzen Soil. You are underground, and instead of your regular gun, you have this weird laser gun that you shoot at the walls to make sand fall so you can traverse upwards to get out. And the final boss is a maggot riding a unicycle. You said it was silly. <laughs> Level three, Puppy Love. And this one, Psycho is on one side of the stage. And Pete the Puppy is on the other. Psycho is chucking little puppy dogs out of a window. And as Jim, you run back and forth, bouncing them off of a marshmallow into mm. the other house for Pete the Puppy. Occasionally, Psycho will throw a bomb. Pete the Puppy will see the bomb, chuck it back at him, explode him. You'll see feathers come shooting out of the house. And that's how you beat the level. Okay. Right. You're not I even... Get ready. That's not even close to the weirdest shit I'm about to tell you. All right. Level four. Jim's now a blind cave salamander. That's the name of the level. <laughs> so when I was a kid, this level used to freak me out because it's literally almost all black. And you're this tiny naked mole rat looking salamander thing floating with a gun attached to your big toe trying to shoot things and the walls were all, all like undulating and stuff it's super gross and it played like this weird classical piano the whole time and at the end of the level it turns into a game show and it asks you some questions about Jim that are nonsense that you just guess at to try to get the right answer I did. I do remember uh, hearing about that, but I've never watched the clips of the second game. So, oh, yeah, God, it's weird. Level five called the Flying King. It's this weird isometrical. Now, hold on. Is level. It, is it flying with an ing or is it flying king? Like Lion King? Flying. Some days, if people ask me if me and you are friends, I would tell them he's one of my best friends. I, I love him. I would do anything for him. And then other days, like like today, <laughs> I don't even like admitting I'm associated with you. I don't like admitting I'm associated with myself either. So we're in the same boat. That's fair. So actually, oh, God. Erase everything I just said. Son of a <laughs> bitch. Okay. The level I, is I, called the Flying King with okay. no G. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm not editing this. No, I'm editing. I'm it, it, I'm cutting it all out. I'm cutting it all out. It's all gone. <laughs> I thought I asked a legitimate question. I was really wondering because well, it I turns have... out you did, you son of a bitch. So shut up. <laughs> I have... <laughs> so I look, no okay. To take a game. <laughs> all you need to know is you fly your pocket rocket up this weird angled screen, and you have to like escort a bomb to the end of the level and it's super hard and stupid and this is usually the point where i couldn't get past because it's that hard i'm sorry um, i didn't mean to ask you questions about trauma <laughs> no okay quit talking so level six utterly abducted so <laughs> this is a little bit more of like the run and gun style however you do have to carry cows throughout the level to avoid them being abducted by flying saucers that have udders coming out of the bottom of them. <laughs> level cool. seven is called inflated head. You literally inflate Jim's head to help him fly up through the level while dodging a ton of shit, trying to kill you. And evil. The cat is the boss. All are cats we are evil. To, yeah. Um, not going to disagree with you at all. Sarge. Um, I have four and can confirm. It's a house full of evil at monsters. Um, so, okay. That second game sounds great. I don't know why I never played it. I I feel like I would thoroughly enjoy it based on how much I love the first one. I uh, I feel like I feel like a good amount of Earthworm Gem in my future. So, a couple more levels real quick. Level eight is called ISO 9000. It's a little more of a standard earthworm gym level but it is kind of weird because there's like these giant metal cages that'll pick you up and roll you around it's kind of whatever level nine is called level eight a-t-e uh. 
Jim is basically on a giant grill. You platform off of steaks and hamburgers. And if you can, there's a secret level hidden within it called Totally Forked. And it's very similar gameplay. It's kind of like this grill thing. And then level 10 is this weird kind of race level. You run against Psycho to try to reach Princess What's-Her-Name. Now, if everyone remembers how the first Earthworm Jim game ends with the cow landing on the princess and whatever, let me tell you how Earthworm Jim 2 ends. When you finish the level, as you're standing at the final screen, Princess What's-Her-Name is standing there. She reaches up and unzips her entire body, and it's a cow. Psycho runs onto the side of the screen, reaches up at the top of his head, unzips his entire body. He's a cow. Jim kind of shrugs, looks around all confused, until he unzips his entire body and turns into a cow. Mm. You know, you beat the game. You, uh, sure. Uh, and then on October 31st, 1999, N64 released Earthworm Jim 3D. And the less said about this game, the better. Yeah. Um, it sucked. Hard. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Everything I saw about it said it was terrible. Yeah. It's just not good. The original team had nothing to do with it. Um, yep. The the guys that I brought up earlier, um, they actually had told... Uh, the developers that they basically told them, don't do this. Mm-hmm. This is they, not Earthworm Jim, and it was a cash grab. If I remember correctly, they actually said they did not approve of what they were doing, but they had sold the IP, and so they legally could not do anything. You are 100% correct. This was one of those deals where um, if you are of a certain age, you will remember playing games on the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo and having like a lot Earthworm of fun. Jim. Yes, and you really enjoyed it, and you had a good time. And then things like the PlayStation and the N64 came out, and everything had these, like, jagged polygon angles, but it was 3D. And you sort of got sucked into this, oh, my God, look at these graphics. And you were, like, blown away. But what's crazy is fast forward 10, 20 years, and... That cartoony art style of the 2D platformers age so much smoother than that jagged-ass 3D PlayStation 64 stuff. Looking back on on that, like, N64 to uh, PlayStation, you know, it just seems like this muddy time of video game history where everything was very muddy. They were trying to port games from one system into a system they didn't belong in. And I think that that's where a lot of the polygons came from. And it just, it was a very confusing time. I mean, we were trying to figure out what to do. So you want to talk about a confusing time. How about when they ported Laura Croft Tomb Raider over into N64 and gave her comb breast, mm-hmm. like Madonna they, boobs. Those are remember, supposed to be weird triangle pyramids on the PlayStation like God intended. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God loves corners. <laughs> but so that's another great example of a we'll get back to the God loves corners thing because I'm not through <laughs> with that. That is weird. But Tomb Raider is a great example of a game that when I when I got a Sega Saturn when I was a kid, the first two games I remember renting were NBA Jam Tournament Edition and Tomb Raider. And I remember playing Tomb Raider until I had a splitting headache because I could not stop playing. This is the realest video game I've ever played. And when Mm -hmm. you go back and want play it now, it's like this sucks, but you go back and play something like earthworm Jim, And you're like, this is fun. This is a blast. And I I just, some about that 3d art style. This did not work. I can tell you the difference between the two. Sarge, go ahead first. You were you were. No, trying I was to just saying. I mean, like the game, the way the games played when you know made for eight bit and then ported into sixteen uh, bit and then thirty two and then sixty four, so forth and so on, totally changes like how you feel when you play the game. Uh, I can't pick up a Sega Genesis game right now and play an old school, not not an emulator, but like the old school one. 
because it's like my hands will try to work faster than the game can figure out. And what I've learned about, uh, I got a, a Sega Mini a little while back, uh-huh. and those controllers are so clunky and they're infuriating. And I think I'm on the same same page as Sarge's, where your brain's working faster than the game itself. But <laughs> I can tell you the difference between a game like Earthworm Jim and a game like Tomb Raider. While Tomb Raider was like one of the first times we saw a game and it was like, holy shit, we can spin the camera around. We can look at things from all angles and it's cool. Earthworm Jim was rooted in fun. Tomb Raider was rooted in progress. And that's the difference between two things. When you have something that's rooted in fun, you actually end up developing progress. When you have something that's rooted in progress, you force the progress and it's not fun. It's not fun to go back and look at. Let's put it that way. Are we still talking about like playmate stuff? You know, progress, forcing it in, making progress, progress. No, no, we're done talking about pocket rockets. And I was about to say a really nice thing to danger about what a great way to close the episode because I was pretty much finished with my notes. But you ruined it. You derailed it, and okay. and you just smashed it into a wall. You you slapped a price tag on it and 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 you're selling it. You're selling it. All right. So all right. Before we go, b- before we wrap it up and uh, launch ourselves into nonsense or the future, I don't know. Whatever. Sometimes the future is nonsense. But can we please take a minute to appreciate the simple, amazing, just nonsense of the names of that damn game, Princess? Yeah. What's her name? Queen Slug for a butt. I mean, those were some of the best non-imaginative, imaginative names ever in a, a game, a movie, whatever. So I was so thinking I- about this. I was thinking about this a minute ago. We have really I, I say things happen in a 30-year cycle. I've always said that. I've always said that movie trends, music trends, it's always a 30-year thing. And I can get so, behind that. So mm-hmm. at 2020. What are we looking at 30 years ago? 1990. So we are getting real nostalgic for the 90s in that 90s era. So uh, this season already, we've talked about Beavis and Butthead. We've talked about Earthworm Jim. There's something to be said about that 90s era aesthetic, the sense of humor, the silliness there. Everything was cool, radical, you know, but it still had a sense of parody on itself already. Mm -hmm. Like, even they were like, this is ridiculous. Let's just go with it anyway. And And that goes with what I was saying, that it's rooted in fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's something very fun. It doesn't matter if it's 1995 or 2025. There's something just within us that finds it funny that there is an earthworm inside of a spacesuit shooting at lawyers and demons in hell. Like it's just goofy and fun. And can we examine, acknowledge whatever you want to say? The fact that we had a character that we played in a game where we used our own head to operate ourselves across canyons <laughs> and hooks and use our own head as a weapon, which as soon as we pulled the head out of the suit, we should have stopped operating the suit, but we didn't. <laughs> and Your whole that, body comes out of the suit. You're a worm. Right. And, <laughs> and that's it? one of the parts that never really made sense to me, but that's the thing. It didn't need to make sense. Nope. It did not need to make sense. And now we look for things to make too much sense and they're not fun anymore. You're absolutely you silly shit like Earthworm Jim again. The the only other thing that I'll bring up to just kind of wrap us up here is Earthworm Jim 3D is kind of seen as a bastardization, and most people don't consider it as part of the Earthworm Jim universe. There is a Game Boy Color game that mm-hmm. came out in 1999 called Earthworm Jim Menace to the Galaxy, but it's there's very little about it that's connected to the first two games. You could replace the sprite of Jim with anything you wanted and you wouldn't miss anything. It, it's not really an Earthworm Jim game. So Earthworm Jim 3, like a, a legitimate Earthworm Jim 3, has been tossed around for years. I thought um, that was just Earthworm Jim 4, but 
you know, but it's same thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, right, right. If it depends on whether or not you want to include the N64 game, which I don't think the original creators will. I think if they do create a new game, it will be Earthworm Jim 3. But I also think they'll call it Earthworm Jim Reloaded or right. Unsoiled or something silly. Um, so, so on that, because you said in the beginning, I can maybe fill in some of the gaps. So I do know that at one time, pretty much all of the original team from the uh, creators, the artists, the background artists, the uh, composers, pretty much everybody that had a hand, an important hand in that first game were back, like put together for a team. Yes. Yes. And this is, this is some thunder that I had floating around that you said, Oh, look at at that little thunder. I'm just going to just take it. Just going to take it right here. Sorry. I'm going to put together a montage of all the times you said <laughs> silly thunder from season three. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I do have this little blur, but please tell us. Okay. So the entire team was actually assembled and they were actually moving forward on creating a new game for, I believe it was the, the only platform or system it was ever actually talked about for was actually the Intellivision Amoeba. Am I right? Amico. Mm-hmm. Amico. Yeah. Okay. Amico vision, um, which, didn't know that was even still a thing, but that's never actually seen the light of day either. I think that that's there with the uh, Atari system that's been tossed around and concept images that come around. Um, and then also uh, with the KFC console with the chicken warmer. Not right. kidding. That's a thing. None of those have actually ever seen the light of day. But Tune in for K is for KFC video games. KF console. Um, so, oh my God, it was right there. And I missed I know, it. I know. So the original team was back assembled and it was, and I thought it was going to be awesome. And it was like, holy shit, uh, this is shiny without shiny. And this is going to be great. I got super excited about it. And then my, uh, my excitement petered out year after year, as this was talked about and never actually uh, formed in anything. And just, went into the world of uh, vaporware and just, you know, existed in uh, breath and words on a screen. That was it. That was it. Yeah. That's it so far. I would imagine with it, maybe, maybe it's just something I hadn't noticed until recently, but I feel like there has been a serious uptick in retro gaming culture, mm-hmm. nostalgia for retro gaming and again, that 30-year cycle, I think a couple years ago, it was the 8-bit stuff. It was your Nintendo stuff. You saw Mario Maker come out. You saw people starting to make their own Mega Man levels. Like, that was a big thing. Now, 2020, we're looking at the 90s nostalgia. We're seeing, you know, stuff from that era come back, like a, a new Beavis and Butthead movie. So... I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility that we could get another Earthworm Jim game. And honestly, games like Shovel Knight, games like Super Meat Boy, there is a place right now in this console generation for a 2D-oriented platformer. And I think it would succeed. So I, for one, am somewhat optimistic that we could get a new Earthworm Jim game from the original developers, that doesn't suck. Okay, Charge, you are shaking your head. Why? Why the the shaking? Why the no? Because I have a I no. <laughs> because fine, <laughs> just rain on my parade. Not gonna yeah, rain any thunder. The the thunder we were talking about. I'm gonna use that to rain on your parade now. <laughs> so, I don't think that it's gonna be feasible for them to do an Earthworm an Earthworm Jim reboot remake of the original by the original group of creators because i mean you're talking what 20 plus years at this point since this since licensing and all that stuff yes yes roughly i mean you got to figure out you got to figure someone else has probably already tried it and just licensing agreements can't a lot of well, these cult classic one-hit wonders people buy the license and the rights and then they lock it away so there was a failed attempt on the PSP and I didn't even bring it up because it's, it's yep. they show yep. some test footage and it's garbage, but it was one of those. It did not 2. go over well. five, not 3d 2.5 D it was, it was gross. It was really terrible, but 
from what I understand, the whole story that Danger was telling about the Intellivision Amico, that was 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay. That wasn't like t- 2010. That was just a few years ago. So I'm pretty sure that the guys that Shiny Entertainment Interplay, like, I think they're the ones that have the rights now, which is okay. part of the reason I think it could happen. All right, so correct me if I'm wrong, Sarge, because you I can tell you just jumped online. Um, I believe Shiny is done. I, I believe Shiny has closed shop. I think they got bought yep. out by um I forgot who they got bought out by, but so here's why I say no, because there have been several attempts to recreate it. They sold the IP and I, I'm forgetting his name suddenly now that made Earthworm Jim, but um, he said it's one of his biggest going monster. Hold on. I had to scroll up to make sure I had it right. It's David okay. Perry. Okay. He has said that uh, selling the rights to the IP was the biggest mistake of his life. And I think he's absolutely right. Now, whoever owns the IP now, which I'm not sure who does, I thought it was somebody, but I think that got bought out. I, I'm not sure. So whoever it lies with, I don't see them being able to coordinate all the people that need to be involved to create the original magic, the original lightning in a bottle that I don't think can be recreated. I think we're going to end up eventually getting an earthworm gem title that does not have the original creators in it. And we're going to see an earthworm gem 3d earthworm gem game boy color all over again. And you're going to have every fan of the game and the comic book and the cartoon excited. And then they're going to see the test footage and go, maybe it's going to be better and we're going to complain and we're going to see the developers maybe change a few things like we saw with the Avengers game and with the Sonic uh, movie. And then it's going to come out. We're going to go, this is shit because it does not have the original spirit of the game because it's not based in fun. It's based in reemergence. Or you have a situation like the new Ninja Turtles games. Oh. Okay, all right. And that's, you that's that's kinda, fair. And you kind of you don't capture the lightning in a bottle, but you release something that has the original Earthworm Jim one and two, and then the new Earthworm Jim, and it's not as good as the first two, but it kind of has the same vibe. And it you scratches the all the boxes. Yeah, and yeah. I guess I guess that's where I'm at. I don't think they're going to make a new Earthworm Jim game that is going to like magically be the best in the series, but I think a good Earthworm Jim game can still be made. Okay, you son of a bitch, you brought up the Ninja Turtles game and Shredder's Revenge I've played the hell out of, and I love it. It's great. Um, so, okay, you gave me some hope, but I, I don't think that hope is going to last past uh, when we're done recording. That's Probably fair. not. That's- that's fair. So, so with all that being said, Earthworm Jim, I think we all have a lot of nostalgic love for it. But unlike some of the things we talk about on this show, it legitimately holds up. And you yep. can go back and play these games, and they're great. There's an HD remake. I think it came out during the PS3, Xbox 360 era, but I'm sure you can find it if you look hard enough. It looks great. It plays very well. I would highly recommend checking out the Earthworm Jim games if you never played them. And speaking of worms, I'd like to ask, what kind of worms make the best carpenters? Oh, hit me with this one. Yeah, but inchworms. Okay. Okay. Yep. Why don't worms like getting up in the morning? Because the early bird gets the worm. You got it, buddy. (laughs) Okay. So those worms that do not get eaten up by the early bird. What is their life like? Boring. I don't worms and they bore underground. Oh, because they bore into the ground. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yep. I'm not happy. All right. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so the birds that got the worms, let's just assume they're robins and they go to the library. Why do they go to the library? Because they're looking for the bookworms. Wait, wait, 
I'm going to dissect this dad joke. Why do they have to be Robins? I don't know. I don't know. That was just... You son I, of a bitch. You <laughs> threw me off. I was I like, did. Robin. Robin, play on words. They're robbing something. They went to the library. Why do you go to rob a place that lets you legally borrow things for free? But it's not for free. It's free to borrow them if you bring them back. And right now, because of COVID, there's no late fees. There's it's no like, late. I don't fees. have. It's like Blockbuster in 1995. No late fees. <laughs> yes, but if you don't bring them back on the due date, they will come to your house and forcibly take them from you. Yes. So I don't have any worm jokes. Sorry, guys. Um, Me too. But why doesn't Mario like to use the internet? Why? Because he's afraid of browsers. Mm. Oh my god! I've never been this angry before. That well, is this one will really worst. get you. I don't think so. That's yeah, yeah. very unhappy. Mm. What You're angry before does you Mario? What does Mario use to make bread? Nintendo. No. All right, ladies browser, and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Way more unhappy. <laughs> thank you for joining no, us. No, for this. you stop. You stop. I have one more, and I will say it. This is. I wanted to do Earthworm Jim. I have one more. What is even smarter than a talking worm? What? A spelling bee. Mm, yes. Okay. And so I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to end it with. What do dumpsters do when they're angry? They talk trash. God. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, how do you know you're at a party? Let me close this shit. (laughs) (laughs) We have to stop. I'm dying. How do you how do you know when you had a party for a gamer? There's lots of streamers. You know what? Just bye. I'm Bye. <laughs> Thank you for, for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Monster, appreciate it. Sarge, you were here. And look us up on the internet. Just go to Google and type in Danger and Sarge. Tried. Just <laughs> Danger and Sarge <laughs> across all platforms uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please send us an email at dangerandsarge at gmail.com. Give us a suggestion for a future episode. Sarge. Do you have anything going on? No? Cool. Monster, do you? Yeah. Keep going. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. Tune in uh, next week. uh, Same time, same place um, for the letter F. And F is for? Fast and the Furious. No. No, that's going to be nine episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Final Fantasy. No, it's from Dust Till Dawn. Just come on, guys. I like that movie. It's a great movie. That's what we're going to talk about. Okay, bye. That's worth an episode in itself, actually. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Later. It's over. Done. Done.